0: Welcome home to Voice of Praise. It's cold outside. Somebody said it's not supposed to be this way in March. And, uh, you know, but March is, somebody Somebody described March as this uh, way. March here in the Appalachian Mountains is Mother Nature suffering from bipolarism. Uh, so uh, we've had it all in the last few days. And we've cold and we had some snow this morning. And we had a wind chill this morning of two above zero when we got up. Uh, so it is March, but thank God you're here. Uh, springtime is coming and, uh, we're going to talk more about that in just a little bit. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I'm just going to read a, a very, very brief passage of scripture this morning. Uh, and, uh, it's one that's probably very familiar to most of you, but in John chapter 14 and, Read verse number one. The scripture says to us, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about this for just a second. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. You see, Jesus is identifying himself here. He is the son of God. Jesus is just as much God as the father or the Holy Spirit. We should never discount that. Never, never lose sight of that. I, I, I don't know my of late, especially. Of, it's been a, several years, but especially of late, I, I, I've sort of been uh, my awareness of how that the society around us uses God. We use God, and God can be anything to a lot of people. Some of you maybe heard me say that this morning in our drive time, but God can be. God can be anything to a lot of people now because we're sitting in this room and we're believers God to us probably does mean Father Son and Holy Spirit but to a lot of other people God you know to if you're a muslim God means Allah yeah God can be God can be a lot of things to other people but here Jesus is saying let your hearts not be troubled you believe in God he's talking about his father he said believe also in me This morning, I want to preach to you a message, if you would, about when a faraway God becomes your tangible Lord. When your faraway God becomes your tangible Lord. This morning, I want to begin with giving you a word. That word is simply trust. Trust, according to Webster, Mr. Webster, in his dictionary, trust is the belief that Someone or something is reliable, good, honest, or effective, and so forth and so on. Now, you know, we, we all in this room, we can identify probably with trusting somebody. Maybe even more so, we can identify with someone that has, has caused us or brought us distrust. But when we trust, we, we have belief in someone or something that Webster says it's reliable, it's good, honest, it's Effective. We, we can depend on it. There's some examples of trust that you and I, uh, some, I've caught myself actually saying it before, you know, I, I really don't hardly trust anybody. And it's sad that in the day and time we live in, that, that, that statement often is true. You know, it used to be that you could go on a handshake and a smile and, that's not necessarily the case anymore. Some people even write their signature and document it, and um, you still can't trust them too much. Trust is uh, 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 something that we don't know, seemingly uh, hold as close and dear to our hearts as we once did. But trust is still a necessity in life. In fact, we may not trust other people. There may we may not trust our government anymore. But but there are things that we do trust. We trust machinery. We trust machinery. You ever thought about it when you get on an elevator to go up and maybe I don't make you paranoid here if you're now already paranoid, but you get into, and you you get an elevator to go up several stories high into a building and and you're trusting your well-being. You're trusting your life to some cables that are about the size of your finger and and pulleys and bearings and an electric motor somewhere. You're trusting your well-being to that. Have you, you think about, uh, uh, getting on an airplane and you're trusting your, own. David back here, David Dillo, David used to, he used to work on airplanes. I asked him one time when we first met, I said, David, what did you do? And, uh, you know, when you worked down there at the, uh, at, at the airport, he said, I counted rivets. He said, "I made, you want to make sure all of the rivets are in place." You're, tr- you're trusting yourself to those little rivets. You're trusting yourself to the bolts and the screws, and you're trusting yourself that that motor's going to keep running. You're trusting that those wheels are going to come back down after they sucked up inside of that airplane, so it would be more streamlined to fly. We we trust a lot of different things in life. Uh, uh, we we some of you have been out to the Smoky Mountains and and you've rode those cable cars and those chair lifts and you trust those little cables and pulleys to not let you drop while you're about 150 feet in the air you trust those roller coasters that they take you up on on some hill 300 feet tall and and, and it's about ready to drop you off and you trust that that thing is going to stay on the track Not me, buddy. I mean, you know, they say, they say getting, being scared is good for your heart. Well, I'll take my chances. I'm not much of a roller coaster person. We even trust, we trust while we're driving down the road in our cars, in our trucks. We trust that that little spindle about this big around is going to keep your front wheel on the car. We, we trust that, that all the other little components that bolt your car, or your truck together, we trust that they're going to remain intact. Not only that, but we trust that everybody else's is too, because we go down the road, and Lord, Lord knows, most of you that are sitting in this room this morning, if you, come, I call it Kroger Hill, I guess it should be called Grant's Hill now, some of those people that come up through there, I think they're getting ready to launch off, you know. It reminds me, I, I think, it, I, I've never been on an aircraft carrier, but I can ma- imagine an aircraft carrier being like Kroger Hill. And everybody's getting ready to launch when they come up through there. You're trusting that everything on their car is going to stay intact. You're trusting that they're going to stay in their lane. You're trusting when you go down the interstate that that, that truck is not going to come through the strip. You know, we don't, we don't go through life... Hopefully you don't go through life paranoid and worrying about those things, but even in that there is a, there is a amount of trust that we have that everything is just going to work together. None of us are I don't want you to stay locked up in your house. I don't want to stay locked up in my house. I don't want to worry about. And we did, you know, and then you know, th- three years ago, we were just in the middle of that pandemic thing that they talked about, and and, and, and we were we were trusting doctors and medical science. We have. Trust in structures. We we have trust in the rafters of this building. We have trust in bridges as we drive over top of bridges. We have trust if you're going towards Virginia in those in those holes through the hills that they're going to remain intact. If you go down to the uh, Hampton Roads or or Virginia Beach or in, in that neighborhood, you have trust if you drive under those uh, underwater tunnels that they're going to remain uh, you know air tight or if you would water tight. we do all that stuff and don't even blink an eye at it we trust it we trust it we trust it but if there's anything in the world that we trust you and I often trust other people we laugh and say we can or we say, we say, I don't trust nobody. But we really do. We really do. We trust other people. We trust our health to people that say they're practicing medicine. We take whatever they hand us across the pharmacy table. Many of us. We trust other people. We're, we're dependent upon them to know what they're doing. We, you send your babies or your grandbabies or somebody else's babies. But we send our babies, we send our kiddos off to school, our teenagers off to school, and even our our, our college students off to college. We send them off to school. And, and And quite frankly, they're spending more time with teachers and bus drivers and coaches than they are with us. And we trust people. We trust those people. We believe in them until we have no other reason not to believe in them. So, so we find ourselves trusting. We, we trust in businesses. Like this past week, you may have heard the, the news out in the Silicon Valley that of banks collapsing and some people were getting all panicky and, and, and our resident banker here at Voice of Praise Worship Center, Scott Brownie, he tells me we have nothing to worry about. So, I I trust Scott Brownie. Scott, he's sitting up here grinning right now. I don't, so I don't know. Maybe I, yeah. So we trust we trust people with their money. We trust trust brokers and financial advisors and, and, and investment firms with our with our life savings. Man, we trust so much and so many people. There's a few of you in this room that still, to one degree or another, still trust our government. The point is, we all trust something. We trust something or we trust someone. But my question this morning to you is how much do you trust the Lord? How much do you trust the Lord? You know, every once in a while, I'll ask, my wife to do something, and, and I have the greatest confidence her, in her, don't misunderstand me. But every once in a while, she will tell you, I will ask her, anybody that works with me or knows me, knows, and Vicky, if she were in the room, she could probably tell you, I will ask somebody to do something, and before they do it, I do it. Cause I trust myself more than I do anybody. But how much do we trust the Lord? How much do we trust? How much do we depend on him, or do we sometimes get in front of him? Like I get in front of doing something I've asked my wife to do. How much do we trust God? Moses trusted God enough to walk through a red sea. Now there's been arguments, and there's been speculations, and there's there's been scientists say that it's you know try to explain the whole. Phenomenon they call it, of the Red Sea. I don't call it a phenomenon, I call it a miracle. Some people said that it, it wasn't totally dry, that there was still just a, a little bit of water that was there in that bed. It was a dry season of the year, and there was a little bit of water still left there in the Red Sea, but not enough to prevent them from cr- uh, crossing over. Well, the miraculous thing about that is then then the Lord turns around, and, and if that would be the case, then He would use that little bit of water in that dry riverbed to... To drown all the Egyptian army, so it's still a miracle. But, but, but God. Moses trusted God enough to to, to to approach the Red Sea. And he, he he approached it enough to go up and have confidence to step out in that God would retain the waters. Joseph trusted Jehovah God through the betrayal of his own family members. And through the different ebbs and flows of, of his life. Joseph trusted the Lord and he would come back and be the Savior, if you would, of, of sorts of his people. David trusted the Lord as he faced down the giant that no other, no other soldier, no, not even groups or platoons of soldiers would face. A little woman would trust God as she took the last cup of meal out of her barrel and made a cake of bread for a man that she had never, ever met before. She trusted the Lord. My question to you today is how much do you trust the Lord? How much do you trust the Lord? In a mere is our trust this mere verbal expressions? Or do we really trust the Lord? Every one of us in this room has probably said it, yeah, I trust the now I trust the Lord. I just trust the Lord's going to take care of this. I just trust the Lord's going to take care of you. And we'll we'll give somebody that expression of confidence. But but Is it more than a verbal expression? Or do we really trust the Lord? Many of you in this room, uh, many of us have our some of His names memorized. uh, Some of the names like Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals me. Say, I trust the Lord. He is Jehovah Rapha. Or Jehovah Rochi. God our shepherd, I trust the Lord, he, he is with me. Yea, though I even walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He's with me. Or maybe it's my favorite name of God. Jehovah Jireh, God my provision, God my provider. Don't worry, you don't have to worry about it. God's going to provide, God's going to make a way. But trusting in the Lord has got to be more than practicing some mental telepathy or some type of positive thinking. Trust, trust, yes, yes, we, we do have our, need to have our mind set upon the Lord, but truly trusting the Lord goes beyond just a, some positive thinking, mental telepathy type thing, getting ourselves psyched up. It is about placing our faith, our faith in God. The faith that He's a tangible Lord. The faith that His existence and His reality are operational in our life. You see, let me let me park here just a minute. Because, uh, you know, we probably, all of us, because we're here in a church on Sunday morning. A Christian church. Most of us in this room, even if you're sitting in this room and you, you may not be saved. Or you're watching and you're not saved. Most of us will identify with, with, with the fact that, yes, we believe there is a God. And we express that, but but is our faith going beyond just believing that there is a God and believing that there that that we believe in God in His work that 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 there is a tangible God that is at work in our lives. You see, I believe I believe there's giant redwood trees i was i for some reason i've been i've looked at those things a couple of times this week i believe there's giant redwood trees out in out on the west coast, uh, uh, the Sequoia Forest. I, I, b- I believe they're there. I was reading about one that it was believed it was to be like 2,200 years old or something like that the other day, and and, and how thick it was through the, the, the base, and, and even you could go way up in the air, and it was still like 17 feet across. Man, that's fascinating to me. I believe it's there. But you know what? I've never seen one. I've never seen one. I would like to see one with my own eyes. I would, I would like to go up and touch it. I, you know what? I, I, see pictures of it and I believe it. But in the world, in the world of bookface that we live in, yeah, you know, we 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 believe almost anything that comes along. Let me tell you, so some of you believe everything that you read on Facebook. Bless your hearts. Some of y'all believe everybody's got to get, got it all together like they portrayed that it's all together. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of faking going on. It should be fake book instead of Facebook. Hmm. You see, uh, so everything that I see, I've come to the realization that it may not necessarily be real. I can see it and I can believe that it's there, but that may not mean that it's really there at all. But you see, when it comes down to God, I want to know more than just hearing and, and 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 saying I believe that that there's a God out there somewhere, and I believe that God exists somewhere. I, I want I want to be in a, a a position of faith with Him where He has become tangible with me. He, I, I want to be in a uh, no, I have never touched God physically, but I want to be in a. I, I don't want to necessarily be the doubter, but if that's what it takes, I guess that's what it takes. I want to, I want to, I want to have a Thomas experience in my life, where, where Thomas looked at the Lord and, and he began to question the Lord, and he began to say, uh, "What he was in essence saying, I want to know how can I know? I want to know this for a real for experience." And the Lord tells him, Thomas, go ahead and, and and feel the wounds in my side. Go ahead and touch me, Thomas. I want you to know that I am real. Understand this with me, this morning. God wants us to know that He is real. Not just a figment of our imagination. Not just something that we've already always heard about I've always heard about these giant trees, but I've never seen them. I, I, I wanna, I wanna to, to touch one. Yes, I can believe it's there, but I wanna to touch one. I wanna go up and lay my hands on one of those trees. They tell me that there's one that has a tunnel cut through it that you could actually drive under. I don't know. I've not seen it yet. See, I, it's just stuff I've seen. I believe it. I believe it. And I think it's there. I hope it's there. But I, one of these days, I want to go And touch it and experience it. You see, we need to touch the Lord. We need to touch the Lord. You see, quite frankly, that word Lord comes into play. The word Lord comes into play because when we begin to declare declare that Jesus is Lord of our lives... That's declaring that we have had a tangible, we have had a personal experience with God. When when we have had that experience with Jesus Christ, whereby we can call Him Lord, we have had a tangible experience with God. Now, I've, I've never touched Jesus in a physical way. I've never touched him like Thomas and I've never got to put my hand in his side or, 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 or touch the nail, nail prints in his hands or in his feet. But, but, but yet I have had a tangible experience with God through the power of the Word and through, by the working of the Holy Spirit. It's not all about what I feel. In fact, it really has a little to do with what I feel. But I have felt and I have experienced the presence of God in my life. I I have confidence in knowing that who I felt and who I've experienced is God because I have the witness of His Word. I've had a tangible experience with God. I want you, I hope you today, you have had a tangible experience with God. Because a far away God wants to be close and personal with you. Trust needs to be an occurrence in our lives. Trust means, in essence, in a layman's definition, if you would, trust means that I believe and I have such confidence I trust my wife. I have such confidence in her. I have such a great love for her. I trust her. Now, the difference between my wife and Jesus is my wife can't fail me, but Jesus won't. And, and, and she doesn't have to show everything to me. She doesn't have to tell everything to me. She, does, she, she doesn't have to do any of those things for me to trust her. Because we have a relationship together. You see, when... We have a relationship with God through the person of the of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, then it's not about us constantly having to, having to have proof in our life. There's a tangible relationship with the Lord that causes us to walk with Him, and we believe in Him and we trust Him. And even though uh, uh, and, and Pam didn't ask me about the song "Waymaker," we we sang it a few weeks ago, but that's that's okay. I'll redo it. Was good because that was a very appropriate song. I didn't ask her to do it last, but that was a very appropriate time to do it because even when we can't feel it, he's working. Even when he, we can't see him, he's working. Even when we think that he is a million miles away, he's still working because we have a tangible relationship with God through and by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't have that, we really don't have a relationship at all. I believe in those big trees out west. But I've never seen them. I just believe it because somebody's told me about it. They could be fooling me. They could be pulling a prank on me. It could be another one of these Facebook schemes. I had a guy call me the other day. I didn't answer the phone. He left me a voice message and he said, hello, hello. He said, I've got all this money for you. He said, if you, he said, if you will just call me back. I didn't call him back. The other day, uh two weeks ago, I got one, and and I don't know. I, I answered it because I was expecting a call from somebody that lived in uh, Eastern Virginia, and this was an Eastern Virginia telephone number. Came up like Chesapeake, Virginia, or something like that. And he said, "Hello, this is." And and he gave me his name, and he said, "Have you ever heard of Publishing Clearinghouse?" I said, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." He said. Have you received your letter lately? I said, no. He said, you haven't got your letter? I said, no. He said, you did not get a letter? No, I didn't get a letter. He said, so you haven't read the letter that came to you? I said, no, I can't read. He said, you can't read? I said, no, I'm going to live up here. I'm in to live in Appalachia Mountains. I said, And I I said, we don't know how to read up here. You know, I was, Lord, forgive me, Jesus, for being a, you know. He kept on, kept on. And I finally said, I said, you know what? I think his name was Juan Valdez or something like that. I said, I said, you know what, Juan Valdez? I said, I don't believe anything that you're saying. I said, I don't believe anything that you're telling me. So I'm hanging up now. You know the world would like to tell us a lot of things. The world would like to share a lot of things with us. But you know, I I don't. We don't need to hear what the world's selling, because a lot of what the world's selling is fake a lot of what the world's selling is not profitable for us but we need that tangible relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that that we can build upon if the in fact the bible says to build upon any other foundation is to build upon seeking sands i want my relationship to be built upon Christ the solid rock i stand uh you know i want my relationship with god to be tangible i don't, I don't want it to be that god is somewhere off in heaven and and, and and know, know that He's there. If I need Him, I can call on Him. Yes, I can. But, but God has to be more to me than that. It, it has to be that that I like. Some of y'all know who Jesse Duplantis is. If those of you that don't, he's a he's a preacher. And Jesse Duplantis, he he preached a message a number of years ago, and he said that, that Jesse rides a Harley himself. And he said he said everywhere I go, I want Jesus to go with me. He said he said man, he said I get out my helmet, and he said I got my helmet. He said, got my helmet he said I got a pigtail. He said sewed in the back of my helmet. He said because I want to really look really cool when I'm riding. And down the road, he and he, you know he's sort of like me. He don't have a whole lot of hair, and, and, and he said, "So I put on my helmet with my soul in pigtail." He said, and "I get ready to get on the Harley." He said, and "I said, okay, Jesus, come on, get on with me." Said so Jesus, "said No, 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 Jesse, I, I want to drive." He said, "No, no, no, Jesus, you ain't driving. You don't ride with me because this is my Harley." He said, "You want to drive? You need to get your own Harley." You know, but 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 and that's a little far fetched, and you have to understand Jesse the plan is to get the whole gist of that. But here's the thing about it. Anywhere I go... I want the Lord with me. when I get up in the morning I want the Lord with me if when, when I go to bed at night I want the Lord with me when, when I if and I go to what, whatever you do whatever work this is my work I'm sorry it is what it is when I come here over here during the week uh, and, and and I'm doing things I'm making visits whatever I'm doing I want the Lord with me. whatever I'm doing I want the Lord with me if I'm going to Dollywood and riding one of those one of those dangerous roller coasters, I want the Lord with me. When I'm getting in an airplane, I want the Lord with me. When I'm riding my car down the road and I'm depending on that little spindle and I'm depending on all these other crazy people including the ones with Ohio license plate. I want the Lord with me. I want the Lord with me in all that I do, every place I go, I want His tangible presence with me. He's not somebody I can call when I'm in trouble. He is somebody I can call, but I want I don't want him to be more than that. I don't want it. I don't want it to be a 911 call. Man, I don't preach that message later on. I don't want to get on to that too much now. Sarah knows what I got going on. I'm working on another message. But I want, I want listen, I want the Lord to be tangible in my life every day in everything that I do. And guess what? You need him like that too. You need him like that too. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, whether it's uh, whether it's Jerry stocking shelves at Sam's, or or Derek running a log skitter over in the log yard, or or Heath he turning wrenches on a bulldozer, or, or or Dave X-raying somebody, or or Alicia sewing patches on for somebody's hat, or or whatever you're doing, Lord, I need your presence with me. I need your presence with me right now, Lord. But well, but yeah, but everything's going good. That's fine. I, I want Jesus with me when everything's going good. Certainly, we want Him when everything's going bad. But Jesus, I want you, man. I'm having a wonderful day, Jesus. I want you to come along, walk with me. I want you to talk with me all along the way. We having a good day today. That's a little bit unusual for me. I want you right there with me, Lord. You see, it's when that far away God becomes a tangible Lord. I mentioned that word, Lord. With that word, Lord, uh, you know, we use it slang sometimes. Well, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Lordy, Lordy. Brennan's almost 40. You know, we'll, we'll do And we use that word Lord, sometimes we use it in a very slang way. But do you understand that there is a very, very, very significant meaning to the word Lord? Because when, when, when you say Lord, it is saying you are being Lord. It's saying you have rule and reign over my life. You see, when we call Jesus Lord, that's to say that you have... Supreme reign and authority over my life. We could call him Lord all we want to, but if we really are not letting him reign over our life, then he's really not Lord at all to us. He's still God. He's still God. But until we let him rule and reign over our life, he's not Lord. So a faraway God becomes a tangible Lord to us When we put our faith and our trust and our hope in Him and allow Him to be Lord of our life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5 and 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding." Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. Wow. Can I read that one more time? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. You see, when the God of heaven... The God in heaven, how far ever far heaven is away from here. When the God of heaven, way out there, somewhere way out there, millions of light years away. When the God of heaven becomes your tangible Lord. And he's going to guide mine and your pathway. Every single day of our life. But not until the end. Nothing Nothing that we grow, go through in this life is outside of God's reach. The truth is that we can and we must rely on God in every situation of our life. But when it comes to that, those times that, that don't make sense, it comes to those difficult seasons of life, it comes to those seasons of uncertainty, it comes to, to, to when everything's out of our control, our emotions are left raw and we've got tough questions in life and we don't know what to do and we don't know where to turn. And we grapple with why God, I need you now, Lord. It's during that time that it really matters if God has a tangible presence in our life. I look I was I if you caught me staring at you this morning, Mike Dillow, I'm sorry. I was staring at you. It's amazing where God has brought Mike through. What he's brought him through, where he's brought him from in the last physically in the last year or so. Mike, you look like your old self. not any prettier, but you look like your old son. Right. Rosette are a handsome couple. But do you know what? Because we, we 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 tried to walk in close proximity with Mike and Rosetta as they went through this valley of sickness this past few years. This one thing I can promise you, and he didn't ask me that, I'm not Mike I don't mean to embarrass you I hope I don't embarrass you do this but I I know Mike made it through this valley and Rosetta made it through this valley because they have a tangible God in their life they had faith didn't always understand it I know didn't always understand it didn't didn't, didn't know why but I know that Mike had faith he had faith God was tangible in his life. He's real. That's what tangible means. He's real. A real presence of God in his life. Even though he seemed like he was a billion, zillion miles away. And different ones of you have been through different episodes. We talked about Fred a little bit earlier in service this morning. God is always going to come through. We just need His magical presence in our life to keep us in watchovers. I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I, I want to ask you something. Uh, I look around the room and I know because the weather's bad and, and you know I, that's reflected in our attendance this morning, but I want to ask, still I ask the question, so I would look around the room and I would just make an assumption everybody in this room is, has a relationship with the Lord. Uh, only you know that for sure. So if you're in this room and you're, you're unsaved, you don't have a relationship with the Lord, I want to ask you a question. Do you need to give yourself, give your heart over to the Lord? Do you need to be saved? That's what I'm asking. If you're in this room and you need to be saved this morning, or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I just want you to slip up your hand real quickly, for everybody in the room. Okay, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that based on that everybody in this room is ready to meet Jesus. But I want to ask you a question. You no, know, I was one of those people for a lot of years early in my Christian experience. In those early years, I was one of those people that. Uh, Basically, I just prayed when I needed something. I just read my Bible. Just read my Bible when I needed something. Went to church a little bit extra whenever I needed something. And let me tell you something, none of that makes God mad. I'm not I'm not in this situation. None of it makes God mad, none of it makes the preacher mad. But, but here's my point is uh, uh, but, but, but I always knew where I could run to when I needed something. But then I came to a place in my my Christian experience where I realized that God wanted me, God wanted to be with me every day. He wanted to be with me every day, all day long. Every situation in my life. He desired to be there. He didn't didn't want to be the far away God in heaven. He wanted to be the tangible Lord. And in your relationship with the Lord, your walk with the Lord, if, if God is far away to you, if God is a long ways away, he wants to be an ever-present help. In fact, the scripture says that he is a present help in the times of trouble. He's a present help in every time, every single day. He is a present help. He's there for you. So if you're here this morning, but it seems like that in your, your walk, you've not come to that place yet where, where God, you're, you're pursuing God every day. You're looking to God every day. He's getting on the Harley with you. He's getting in the truck with you. He's getting in the car with you. He's getting on the bus with your kids. He's getting—he's getting in the in the car. The, the ambulance is taking your grandparents to the hospital or your mom and daddy. Where what he he, he with wherever you go. As far away, God wants to be. I can't. Remember. So if you're in this room this morning and you need to move up that type of experience with the Lord. If you have a desire to move up to that type of experience with the Lord, we would like to pray for you today. And if you would just real quickly make your way to the altar, we'll do just that.